So I was thinking about embarrassment. We've all experienced embarrassing situations. There's a text in in Luke chapter 7 where Jesus is really set up to be embarrassed. I mean, it's his moment. He's being invited by a Pharisee over for a dinner. And we read in uh, Luke chapter 7, verse 36, these words. Now, one of the Pharisees was requesting him to dine with him. Luke chapter 7, verse 36. And he entered the Pharisee's house and reclined at table. Not too bad, but here's his moment. They're sitting around this table, and as you know, these tables are low, so you're on your, you're got your head on your shoulder, and your, I mean, on your, uh, your hand, on your, you're like this on your elbow, and your feet are fanned out. Okay, so you got this, this whole deal happening, and here's the embarrassment. Can you imagine what this must have been like? Behold, there was a woman in the city, who was a sinner. Now we don't know. What kind of a sinner she was? Was, was? was this because of financial things she was involved in? Was this because of immorality? We don't know. Text doesn't tell us. And part of the beauty of that is it doesn't matter. You see? But she was a sinner. And she was known as sinner by everybody. And when she learned that Jesus was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster vial of perfume depending upon what she had in it, it could have been something that would be worth roughly a year's worth of salary. So it was a significant amount. Now this is where it gets embarrassing. Now think about it. Here you are, Jesus. Peter fanned out. Having this discussion with the Pharisees, the religious leaders. Here's your moment. And all of a sudden, drip, drip. Right? Standing behind him at his feet, weeping, not so bad, she began to wet his feet with her tears. <laughs> That's a little bit embarrassing. And kept wiping them with the hair of her head. Now look, that's like kind of over the top, isn't it? So he's there and all of a sudden, not only is he feeling the tears, she's down now with her hair down, wiping his feet. I don't know about you, but at that time, man, I'm moving my feet you know, like out of the way. I'm doing something, right? But it gets worse. And kissing his feet and anointing them with perfume. <sighs> I mean, how would you feel? You've got to be feeling like, this. can you believe this is happening to me? Well, Simon, who invited him in, the Pharisee, he was very aware of all this. Look what happens in verse 39. And when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who? And what sort of person this woman is who is touching him, that she is a sinner? Like, what's up with Jesus? Does he know who's doing this? Did he know? You see, this woman knew she was a sinner more than anybody else that was watching her. But Jesus knew she was a sinner more than she knew she was a sinner. Do you see? But that's okay. That, that, that's, that's the difference. So he's thinking, if he knew who she was, I mean, I've heard about this woman, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I love what Jesus does here. When Jesus tells a story, you better look out. Especially if you're the, the, if you're the topic of it. 
And look what Jesus does. He uses a real indirect approach to get to Simon. He says this in verse 40. And Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he replied, say it, teacher. He doesn't know that Jesus knows what he thinks he knows. Does he? But Jesus does. And Jesus just says, hey, I want to tell you a story. Whatever. Yeah, fine. Go ahead. What is it? Say it, teacher. He said, well, look, there was a certain money lender. He had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii, the other 50. One is about two months' worth of salary. The other one is close to two years. I don't know, maybe 20 months, right? So two years and two months. One guy owes two months' worth of salary. One, one guy owes two, almost two years. When they were unable to repay, he graciously forgave them both. Which of them, therefore, will love him more? Well, Simon wasn't stupid. He's thinking, like, this can't be that hard, can it? And Simon answered and said, and maybe he was thinking because he said, I suppose here. But he said, I I suppose the one who he forgave more. And Jesus said to him, you have judged correctly. And for one split second, the guy is probably thinking, hey, that wasn't so bad. He asked me a story, gives me the options. I get it right. I don't know. He's thinking that for just a split second. What he doesn't know is he just set himself up. Now he's in a heap of trouble. Because Jesus is ready for the application. And turning toward the woman, verse 44, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? Uh, yeah. Like he couldn't miss her the whole time. Do you see this woman? I entered your house and you gave me no water for my feet. And we don't do that in our day, but in their day, that was just common courtesy. It's just what you're supposed to do. But she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss of greeting when I came in. Again, something they would do in their, their, their culture. But she, since the time I came in, has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she anointed my feet with perfume. For this reason, I say to you, her sins which are many have been forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little, loves little. Now, I want to explain something here because it's extremely important that you understand this text. Let me tell you what it doesn't mean. Did she show acts of love and kindness to Christ and then Christ forgave her? Because if so, man, we could never do enough. No, no, this text is saying the opposite. See, that's what the parable was saying, wasn't it? This woman first experienced forgiveness. And coming in with that vile perfume was her way to express love for Christ. It's really important that you don't get those mixed up because it's the difference between religion and a relationship with Christ. Totally different. Let me just tell you what I think is going on. And I don't know when. But at some point before this encounter when Jesus walked in, Jesus had forgiven this woman. I don't know what that encounter looked like. The Bible doesn't tell us. She was forgiven by Christ. And when she heard Christ was in town, she didn't care 
what anybody thought. And she came with the most expensive thing she had. And she would go, and in that day, it wasn't all unusual when you go into one of these places, you could stand around the outer walls, the people did what they were doing, the, the, they had the meal and you were this there. But she was so overwhelmed with Christ, she's thinking, I've got to get this to Jesus. About as close as you get was his feet. And that was okay with her. No, she had been forgiven before. And when she comes in, she gives her all to Christ. And Christ then is not forgiving her in this moment. It's very important in verse 48. He said to her, your sins have been forgiven. You see that? He doesn't say, I am now forgiving your sins. He's saying your sins have been forgiven in the past. He's merely affirming to this woman, it's fine between you and me. You're expressing your love. You're one of mine. You're fine. Isn't that great? You see, we find His freedom, His forgiveness, which then empowers us to live a life that is merely saying, God, I love you, and I want to live a thank you note back to you for the rest of my life. That's Christianity. Pretty plain and simple, isn't it? Of course, nobody else could quite figure this thing out in verse 49. Those who were reclining at the table with him began to say to themselves, who is this man who even forgives sins? He's Jesus. That's who he is. And again, he says unto her, your faith has saved you in the past. Go in peace. Do you remember back in Luke chapter 2? Shepherds come. The angels speak to them and say, you know what? Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those with whom God is pleased. You know who gets his peace? Does Simon get his peace in this text? A Pharisee religious man doing it just the way you're supposed to be doing it. Going to make his way into heaven doing his own thing. Does he ever experience the peace of God? Matter of fact, every time in Luke's Gospel when you have an encounter between a religious leader who's all about his own self-righteousness, Jesus never says, go in peace. He will at times say, go and do likewise, something that they could never do so that they might realize they're sinners. But to people who realize they're sinners, again and again through Luke's Gospel, he says, go in peace. Isn't that great? If you know Christ as your Savior, that is everybody's story. Well, you came to a point in your life where you saw yourself as a sinner who desperately needed Christ, who was forgiven, and lived the rest of their life saying, thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for me. You know what I learned from this text? And then I'll close. Because I was told to keep it really short. Two things. First thing I learned from this text, Jesus loves to forgive people who know they're sinners. That's number one. And we'd be in a heap of trouble if that wasn't true. Second thing I learned, Jesus loves to forgive people who know they're sinners, but secondly, he loves to be adored by sinners who know they're forgiven. Was Jesus embarrassed when this woman came in? Am I embarrassed a little bit over my shoes? I am. A little. I'll get home and tell my wife today, and she'll say, oh, honey. And she'll smile. She won't surprise her at all. Um, was Jesus embarrassed by this woman? 
I mean, the illustration that comes to my mind, I think I probably used to hear before, my kids, I have six kids. My kids are really young, preschoolers, you know. They bring home on Father's Day that, that picture that they want you to have. And, and hey, Daddy, Daddy, for you. You know, and you pick it up and you look at it and you say, which way am I? Okay, I'm holding it that way. Okay, yeah. Now, what, what is it, honey? And they tell you, do I ever do this? Hey, Sherry, it's my wife. Hey, Sherry, can you believe this kid? I mean, like, a green face. Who makes faces green? Can't even keep, can't even color with inside the lines. Oh, honey, can you, is that what I do? I do what every other father does. I tell my kids, I say, that is beautiful. I take it to my office, and I stick it up on the wall. Seminary students come in, and they see a diploma or see something else. What's that? My boy did that for me. And I'm proud of it. There is no act we do to Christ where Christ is... Oh, I cannot believe he just did that. Oh, Finkbinder did it again. Wore the shoes. Or whatever. Now, when you come and adore your Lord, he's never embarrassed. Because he loves to be adored by people who know they're forgiven. That's the story of everybody here that knows Jesus Christ. He loves to forgive people who know they're sinners. And he loves to be adored by sinners who know they're forgiven. Go forth and live that truth.